Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Every day is like a blank page. Some people encounter the page with fear and dread. Others encounter it with potential and excitement. Hello, my name is Aubrey Baptista. At Kindred Art Therapy, you will learn to be inspired daily rather than approaching each day with fear. For more information, visit arttherapync.com to book a free 15-minute consultation. My name is Alyn Davis. I'm a counselor and coach with a compassionate heart and a wealth of experience. My mission is to help people journey towards recovery, self-discovery, and holistic well-being. As a licensed therapist in North Carolina, I've had the privilege of witnessing countless individuals break free from the grips of eating disorders, trauma, anxiety, depression, and find renewed purpose in their lives. For more information, visit alindavis.com or click the buy button on this ad. I look forward to seeing you break free free. Welcome to Kindred Conversations, the show where we shine a light on local mental health professionals who are the unsung heroes of our community. Join us as we delve into their journeys, strategies, and the art of healing minds. Together, we'll break down stigmas and celebrate resilience. Today I have on for part two, Jackie Schuld, who is an autistic and ADHD art therapist in private practice. She specializes in late identified autism. She works with clients one week a month and leaves the remaining weeks for her creative endeavors, rest, and overall enjoyment of life. If you guys are interested in this episode, make sure to check out part one where we talk about all different things in her private practice, um, what it's like to be an autistic art therapist, our energetic needs, things like that. Um, so if you like this one, make sure you check out part one. Welcome back, Jackie. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited to be back because I felt like our last conversation, it was like we could have kept going for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And, you know, it's exciting just to recap, like I've known about you for a long time. This is our first time actually getting to talk. Um, but you know, we have a lot in common with both being art therapists, um, both being um, late identified on like the neurodivergent spectrum of things and trying to just figure out how to make all of these different pieces work in our business life, in our home life, all of those things. So it's cool yeah. to get to meet somebody who's, um, you know, doing the things that you're doing and the way that you're doing them. It was really um, insightful to hear just like that, you don't necessarily plan and schedule things like you just work with the way that your brain works. Yes. And like where my energy and, and enthusiasm is. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you, like, if you go on your website, you have a fun letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And when you, when I, when I heard back from you, you were like, you're like, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this just sounds so authentic. Um, it's really, it's great to be able to connect with you. Thank you. And I, it's funny you mentioned the fun letter because for the longest time I was pressuring myself like, oh, you should be making a newsletter and everything about it was just like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> but I forget what sparked it, but suddenly I was like, why don't I just do it about things I find fun? <laughs> And that makes it feel one real because I don't want to just like send a newsletter out. That's all about, I don't know, some like crappy form of marketing or, Hey, look at me. I, I want it instead to be like about connecting and sharing who I am. And that's where like, I was like, Ooh, fun letter. 
Well, it, it what kind of things do you put out on your fun letter? I'm just curious. Oh yeah, it varies. So sometimes I'm like, ooh, I tried this new art supply. I love it. Other times <laughs> I do share like podcasts I've done, or I also say like, ooh, I tried going to this new place. That was cool. Um, sometimes I'm a little cheeky and I'm like, I took a nap. That was great. <laughs> Things like that. And who's usually getting your fun letter? I know it's just like somebody um, who visits your site and subscribes. Pretty much. But I think most people find it through my writing on Medium because at the end of my Medium articles, I invite people to subscribe. So I yeah. think I have, I don't know, I try not to look too often, but like 800 subscribers. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know if they're reading it, but some people are because some people email me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do they, do the people that read? So nowadays, are you mostly getting your clients through um, your online activities, like your writing and things like that? Um, or are there other methods that you're getting clients? Almost all of my clients come through medium. Like yeah. when they complete paperwork, they say like, that's how they say they found me that they were reading your work and that they were really interested Mm -hmm. in working with you from there. That's what I would think just from having read your medium account, like, and read, like, I actually got um, a medium app, like, you know, how you have to pay for the app. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to pay for the app and I actually like resisted it for a while. I would just like read like the first part of your article. And then at one point um, my virtual assistant started uploading um medium articles for me I was like I guess I should get this (laughs) app but I'm so glad that I did because now I can actually read through like the whole article (laughs) yeah I I also resisted even joining medium because I was like no I have my I put my essays on my blog and my website that's fine but another therapist really spoke to me and was, you know, like, hey, this could be a good way to reach new people. And so I tried it. And then I was like, oh, snap, it works. <laughs> so are you finding now that a good amount of your clients are um, also therapists or um, other similar mental health professionals or? Mm, so I set aside 20 time slots for clients. Okay. And of those right now, two are therapists. Oh, that's just many less than I thought. Yeah. Well, and then I do also do business consultations, which is different than, you know, having a therapy client. Right. Um, so do you do a separate, do you have a separate business entity for that? Or is it all under the same wing? It's all under like my Jackie Schuld LLC. Okay. Um, but I make it very clear in all my paperwork and things that like, this is a consultation. It is not therapy. Yeah. It's different in different States and in North Carolina, where I'm at, um, we go through our board to get our PLLC. And so, um, for actually doing like a coaching wing, they discourage you from using your PLLC and opening up a separate LLC for that. So it's like extra hoop to jump through. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense that it would be, uh, I get why they require that. And I also get why that's annoying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Both things can be true, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So Okay, so I'm confused because you were in Arizona and now you're in um in wait New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
and you got married. Is that right? I did. Well, I'm in this weird state where uh, we got married in the U.S., but next month we're getting married in India. Because <laughs> oh. my husband's Indian, so. Okay, so they planned the wedding for like a month later in India, so you guys could like do two celebrations. Was that? Well, and to do all the Hindu rituals and such. Yeah, because their weddings are long there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but luckily we've shortened it to just three days. <laughs> so how long are you going to be in India? Uh, three weeks. Ooh. Have you ever been, like, that far away before? Oh, yeah. I've lived abroad many times, as well as I went to India last year for my sister-in-law's wedding. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Do you like things like that, like a sense of adventure and just like going to different places? Uh, it varies. <laughs> like, yes, sometimes I really crave it. And other times uh, I'm like, oh, I just want to be home. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the essay that you wrote where you were talking about like loving being with your sister, but at the same time, just feeling like energetically drained and off of your routines. And um I forget what the, that might've been one that I didn't get to read the conclusion on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just think it's a lived reality that it's like, okay, I enjoy this. In that essay, my, I was talking about my sister coming to visit me for like five days, but after another, I don't know, after maybe three days, I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to rest. Time to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so has she kind of gotten used to that kind of thing with you? Yes. And and she's very, we talk openly about it and she's very similar as well, where, mm. uh, I, I mean, we joke around about her being grumpy. <laughs> We're like, oh my God, take a nap. <laughs> Go take a nap. <laughs> Is she also autistic? Um, she doesn't have a, use any labels at this time, but no. we have our suspicions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I know, um, you know, there's just a high rate in families of family members also being um, just within some neurodivergent spectrum. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's sometimes interesting to see how that affects us in families. And you notice, or I, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen a lot of um, family conflict in neurodivergent families. Um, so as I'm discovering all of this information, I'm just deep diving more and more and, and, realizing how much need there is for support in these things it can sometimes feel really overwhelming <laughs> yeah and like you know just because you learn you're autistic doesn't mean the rest of your family members are ready to learn that yeah. about themselves <laughs> but yeah. I mean statistically right there's going to be other members in our family yeah uh, most likely that are also yeah and then divergent. It's sort of a little bit like our coming out process where when you start telling people, they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh, my goodness. There's all sorts of reactions. Right. And you're like, well, okay, now do I tell them? Do I not tell them? How am I going to handle this when I tell them? What do I talk about? Yeah. You know, it's like there's so many different things that you can talk about, but are you ready to talk about those things? Have you learned enough about them to speak coherently <laughs> yeah I think I in telling people that were in my life before I knew I was autistic 
I think there was only one person that had a response that I was like, oh, that was fantastic. And that person, when I told her I was autistic, she said, oh, that tracks. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's refreshing. Yeah, it feels really good to be affirmed, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And that I didn't have to like explain or justify, justify myself and that I could actually be like, wait, what do you mean? Tell me, how does yeah. it track? Yeah, it helps you to like feel closer to them at that point. And then they can be a little bit like, they're willing to be more honest with you. It's as though, like, if you were to label yourself autistic, it's like saying, oh, I loved, did you read Unmasking Autism? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, she talks about fat people and how this is an identity that, like, should not be shamed. She, they, 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 Devin Price is they. Mm -hmm. um, and how, like, it just makes me think about how, like, when you say, oh, well, that person is fat, like, how people automatically are like, oh, my God, you're insulting them. Right? I am always talking about that. I'm describing someone or, like, my own, and I'm, I'll say fat, and everyone's, like, horrified. I'm like, fat's a neutral term. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it makes you wonder sometimes, like, okay, I have... I have this amount of fat on my body. It's more than what the norm is. Okay, yeah, I fall in the fat realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. How else are we going to talk about this? <laughs> right? Or like, you know, I'm just got married and about to get married again. <laughs> that sounds so funny, but you know what I'm, and you know, there's so much focus on your body size and how you look and all these things for big events like this. And I'm really practicing, like, can I just embrace my body as it is yeah um and not like feel like I have to diet or lose weight or you know something of that nature yeah but I was equating that also to like this I this idea that by calling somebody autistic that you're calling them an offensive term that that yeah. is that's the part that like when I see people's reaction I'm almost like braced for it <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I'm like okay I also want to normalize the fact that this is okay, that this is actually a lot more normal than you think. And there's a lot of people out in the world who are navigating how to live like this. And the more that people can recognize it, the better that we are about like being able to help one another. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's a weird line to walk though, because yes, it's, it's good to be autistic and I still want people to acknowledge the challenges and like see that, like, for instance, the side most people see of me is my writing. And they're not there when I'm struggling or when I'm you know, crying about something or worked up. And um, so on the surface, you know, this comes down to that conversation about like high support needs, low support needs, high functioning, low functioning, and why I don't like those labels, because that suggests that we're in one place consistently and that's just simply not true sometimes i am low functioning and i have high support needs it just depends on where you're at energetically mm -hmm. exactly and that is the part that you're not always able to um put your finger on. I think you might have written about this topic at one point, but it's something that I'm navigating a little bit more of both professionally and somewhat it just comes up like with people in general about um, some of the trends in the 
similarities and differences between like bipolar and ADHD mm-hmm. uh, and the energetic differences there. Um, do you think, or I don't know if you've done much research on this or like how much there's like comorbidity versus like uh, misdiagnosis. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, when you brought that up, I was like, oh, misdiagnosis is what I was thinking. Yeah, because borderline personality disorder, I nine times out of 10, I'm looking at that with a side eye, like, um, that's mm-hmm. oftentimes like an autism misdiagnosis. Yeah. I was actually diagnosed as borderline personality disorder in the past. Yeah, I had a and, it too. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. What was that like at the time? It's very stigmatizing. Right? Everyone sees it as so negative. I mean, for one, the psychiatrist only spent 20 minutes with me and gave me that diagnosis, which I think, yeah, that's a whole other tangent I don't need to go off on right now. But (laughs) I swear when I let my, so I had told my, um, my couples counselor at one point that I had thought at a certain point that I might have had borderline personality disorder. And he kind of like was like said to my husband, he's like, he was like, oh man, like, <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. really like responded to that. And I could tell from like that moment forward that in our relationship that he was always going to sort of um dismiss or mitigate like uh... what and that's such an opposite approach of what we're trying to do with autism, where you know, we've been trying to talk about our needs for so long and nobody's helping us navigate them. They're just dismissing them and avoiding them, which is all of what that borderline personality disorder thing is, right? It's like we're, we're, we have high needs in an environment that can't provide them for us. And so then we're told that they're not there when it realistically, they really are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like, at that time in my life, my mom had also just died and I had just religiously deconstructed meaning I left the faith I grew up in and so um there was a lot going on for me (laughs) and like I you know I really wish that assessors would take into account life events as well uh, when they're yeah throwing around diagnoses do you think that that would have changed your assessment as being diagnosed with autism or do you think that that would have like what, what difference would that make for you? Like if they had known that and factored mm-hmm. that in, mm-hmm. um, no, there's no way they would have caught. I was autistic in a 20 minute meeting. Yeah. And like the, that facility in particular, I say facility cause it was like a, um, government healthcare kind of thing. Okay. But, um, I think, yeah, it would have had to be in the context of someone who has a neurodiversity affirming lens <laughs> who so actually takes time. time. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I mean, we're out there. You exist. But um, at yeah, at the time, I of course, I wasn't even looking for that because that wasn't on my radar. We do exist. I have seen and, and I'm reaching out and finding more people who um, fall within that. But I also follow a lot of boards where people are noticing, this is the part where we kind of get into a slippery slope a little bit where we're policing each other around the terminology that we're using. Uh Um, And it can feel very shaming at times. Um, There can be a lot of group speak. And so um, I'm, I'm oftentimes careful about 
a lot of all or nothing thinking that comes out of our communities. Yeah, I write quite a few essays about uh, lateral violence and policing within therapists' communities. Oh, that's a really interesting topic. I'm like, ooh, let's like <laughs> all of these topics, Jackie, because we can't talk about them right now. We're running out of time. I know, I know. I shouldn't throw something out there like that. Here, look at this interesting thing. Move on. <laughs> well, you know, it's been it's been really great getting to talk to you, um, having you on the show here. Where can listeners find out more information about you? The best way is through my website. And then also, if you want to check out my writing, it's on Medium. Yeah. Um, your website is Jackie Schuld, S-C-H-U-L-D. It's German? Yes. Yeah. JackieSchuld.com. Um, and it's really beautiful. It's got all kinds of like sparkly types of things on the uh, <laughs> website. It's really cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So um, there's lots of resources on there for autism um, and different types of um, self-diagnostic tools, um, articles, blog posts, things like that. So go ahead and check that out. And if you guys want to learn more about me and my show, um, this is Kindred Conversations with Aubrey Baptista, go ahead on bizradio.us. Be sure to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.